Welcome to the Support Automation Show, a podcast by Capacity. Join us for conversations with leaders in customer or employee support who are using technology to answer questions, automate processes, and build innovative solutions to any business challenge. I'm your host, Justin Schmidt. Tim Nguyen, good morning and welcome to the Support Automation Show. Good morning, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Where does this podcast find you? Uh, well, I'm sitting right now in San Juan Capistrano. For those that don't know, that's Southern California, a South Orange County to be exact. Beautiful. So you are the founder and CEO of Be Smarty, a mortgage POS, and then also has some other uh, functions built into the platform. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself and what led to the founding of Be Smarty and a little bit about what Be Smarty does? Yes, thank you for asking. I love, I love telling the story because, you know, I, I was born and raised in the mortgage business, first job out of college. And at the time, my wife and I, we own a company called In-House for nationwide appraisal management title escrow notary company, the back end of the mortgage business, essentially. And we will service a lot of borrowers, a lot of uh, brokers, a lot of lenders. And in 2007, there was this bank called New Century that went under. They provided the largest lender in the country. And when they went under, the whole market tanked. We started receiving phone calls from borrowers. Because as, you know, back then, you would rarely ever meet your loan officer or the bank or the lender you work with. But you'll always meet your notary. you always meet your appraiser. So we had that relationship and connection with the borrowers. And we were the first person to call when things really go started going bad. We were, you know, we got calls like, "Hey, um, I'm going to lose my home. I don't know what a negative amortization loan is. What the heck is happening? I, I don't even can't even find my loan officer anymore." So we would feel these calls. It got me really curious. Like, how did their experience lead to them go? You know, lead to them being in a bad loan, a loan that they didn't understand. And from that, we wanted to make loans easier, faster, and more transparent. So it was really a story of passion for us. We felt very bad. that family members that suffered through it, right? This was just not a good time in the world. So fast forward to 2014, you know, so we, we, we started, you know, we transitioned from that. We started building Be Smarty, went live with the product in 2016. Essentially what it is, is a white labeled enterprise SaaS, we license it to banks, credit unions, mortgage lenders, non-bank lenders, et cetera. Anyone that does a mortgage to, you know, provide a mortgage for a consumer. And they put it on their website. They put it in their um, put it in front of their loan officer. So for example, if you go to one of our clients today and you decide to apply for a mortgage, learn more about a mortgage, check on the status of your mortgage, et cetera, there's a good chance you might be interacting with our software behind it all. Might have the, your bank's name on it, but it's a good idea, it might be our software behind it. Yeah, that's great. And capacity, we have a lot of customers in the mortgage and financial services space. So I think this will be a good conversation because a lot of times on this show, we talk about support automation more broadly. But every now and then I get to talk to someone such as yourself in a more verticalized and sort of well-defined space of something like a mortgage where some of the nuances I think are really good to tease out. So thank you for the introduction. And I'm going to start this interview with the same question I ask everybody off the top. And that is, when you hear the words support automation, what does that mean to you? 
Yeah, I'll be honest. When uh, I, I didn't know the word until I came across capacity and learned about your company, I looked it up and it's, it's just brilliant. I mean, it makes so much sense. And I kind of extrapolate in my own mind. You know, for me, when I think about support automation, I think about it just simply as being a good business. So often do we think about, you know, as a startup, especially as a young company, as a growing company, there's just so much to do, right? Well, you know what? I uh, just throw it on the spreadsheet. You know what? I uh, just drop it in a drop box. You know what? Short-term solution, right? And once you get to your 10th employee, your 100th employee, you look back and start saying, gosh, I really wish we just took an extra couple days and did that right because now it's really costing us time and efficiencies. And frankly, just simply delivering a poor experience to your internal stakeholders, your clients, your user base, right? If we just took the time to do that right in the beginning, right? How many times have we said that? So for me, support automation is just really smart business. Building that in from the beginning, especially with tools like your company, where you can do it much more easily in the beginning, take that extra time, do it. You're going to reap the rewards. Unless you think you're going to be there for a year, don't worry about it. We think you can build a long-lasting business, you know, really care for it now when things are easier, smaller. Love it. And I think some of the threads that you started to pull on there and coupled with the Be Smarty and the value proposition that you all are bringing to market, tease us up for the rest of this conversation and specifically something you'd mentioned as one of the proposed topics to cover during our conversation. That is mortgage automation and its role increasing operational efficiencies. For anyone who's listening that's not intimately familiar with the mortgage business, on the origination side, it's all about getting the loan sort of process through, signed and closed as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible. Because a lot of times in the mortgage space, your margins, you know, when interest rates are what they are, the cost of production, as they call it, is sort of what it is. Um, And it's in the sales and moving things through quickly and and efficiently. That's where the, the wheat from the shaft is separated from a lender perspective. When you look at mortgage automation specifically and its role increasing operational efficiencies, where do you think we are on the life cycle of adoption and proliferation of good automation technology in the mortgage process? Generally speaking, poor. We're just at the beginning stages of it all. The thing, you know, for, for you know, there's a broad audience here. I usually speak in front of mortgage, you know, people. So let me take a quick step back, if you don't mind, Justin. Go for it. The thing with the mortgage space, it's very wide, okay? That means you're starting a pre-marketing, you know, CRM, customer relationships, origination, data, title, fees, um, processing, underwriting, post-closing, all the way to the very end when you sell the loan off to your investors. It's a very wide industry, right? And when you look at our industry overall, it's very disjointed. Why hasn't anyone just pieced it all together? I'll tell you why. A billion dollars couldn't do it right now. It's really that challenging. That's why you have players that own a certain space and those systems have to right work together. And that can only be so good. And hopefully over time with more APIs and more relationship and partnerships, right, and synergies, that stuff can really come together. And eventually somebody will build the whole end, end experience. But it's highly regulated. Um, it's fintech. There's a lot of personal information, right? It's just a very, very different model. So going back to your, your question, it's poor right now. 
even if I look at our clients, and I think that BSmart has the best automation space. We just came out with an RI calculator, even for a small 40 loan officer lender with our automation, we think that can increase your revenues about 115,000 per month. I'm not revenue, sorry, profitability and margin, 115,000 per month. You know, that's a big number, right? Because there's a lot of cost to cut off. It, as good as I think we are at it, I still think we're maybe at the middle of it all. There's just so much more to automate. Yeah. And you guys are doing both point of sale and third-party origination, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we are mortgage POS is our core bread and butter. We have a third-party origination system. We have other ancillary tools and plugins, of course. And then we also just acquired a company called Flashbread in November last year. And what they do is automation as well. They take a, have you heard of what's called a um, spreading the data in a commercial business sense? I have, but I think this is a good opportunity to get another perspective on the definition of something like that. So why don't you state what that is and then, and then continue, because I think this would be good for the audience. Yeah, so if you're going to go out to a bank, usually a bank, and say, hey, I want a business loan, commercial loan, SBA loan, PPP loan, whatever, before they can even really help you, they're like, all right, give me your tax returns. Then they have to take that data, move it to a spreadsheet, do a bunch of calculations. It takes about two hours, right, to do that one step. And when that happens, then you can go back to your client and say, okay, I can or I can't help you. Let's take the next step. Essentially, what Flashbread does is we just take that two-hour process, we turn it to a two-minute process. You feed into our software, the data gets mapped, the data gets calculated. Now you work with the KPIs and the metrics. Then you give more, you know, faster feedback to your consumer. And this does a couple of things, right? You just save your loan officers two hours. You save your consumer two hours. And that two hours to that consumer is fascinating because you, it's not like they're actually sitting there for two hours, right? You're going to call them back two hours later. But what you're doing is you're bridging the experience. You're speeding up the experience. You're delivering value quicker, accuracy quicker. You're giving them answers quicker. And that answer is worth everything. Otherwise, guess what? They think that's too long. They're going down calling the next bank. And when they call you back, when you call them back, guess what? They're not calling you back anymore. Right. Exactly. The theme that you touched on there with speed and the efficient process on your guys' blog, which I would recommend to everybody, besmarty.com slash blog, you have some great mix of sort of deeper kind of 400 level courses or to make an analogy here content on, on sort of deeper things like the importance of an integrated uh, point of sale and uh, loan origination system but then also some much more what i would call sort of mortgage 101 type content like what is the mortgage ecosystem for example when you look at the state of mortgage automation and you specific, you know, you specifically called out that we're, we're we're very much on the beginning of that curve. Is there a particular piece in the tech stack, whether that's LOS, POS, if you have sort of the sales enablement tool, customer support, whatever it may be, that sits in that chain, and you're going into a new potential. Someone's you know getting ready to start their first. They're getting ready to start a new independent mortgage broker. Let's just say that someone's going to start a new new broker. Which piece of the tech stack would you say to look at first to help ensure the best possible 
environment for automation going forward? That's a great question, Justin. You know, where I would start is looking at your LS, your POS. Frankly, for the fact that your LS, you need it to close loans. Your POS, you'll need it to solicit the new generation of borrowers. You're not just doing you know, business over the phone anymore, right? Delivering a different experience. The second tranche I, I would look at is all the other downstream things that you're going to need. A CRM, credit, title, fees, documents, underwriting, you name it. There's, there's just a whole slew of vendors that people in our space are, are going to really think through. Right? What's interesting about that question, too, is, you know, as I think about it, right, is which part of the process from the moment you find out about a lender to the moment you close a loan and make your payments, which part of the process you needs automation the most? And frankly, it all needs automation. <laughs> um, it's that low, to be very honest. Now, where I will say, though, to help you is where have people started? So in 2016, it was that POS. And it continues to be the POS until more recently. Now we're starting to see automated underwriting and automations there to really help things out. So the market evolves. And now we're also starting, the second thing starting to come up is the servicing automation and delivering a better experience with the consumer and your staff there. So those are kind of the three tranches for the last six or so years. It's been fascinating for me on this topic because I don't spend 100% of my time looking at the mortgage space. Capacity has customers and pick an industry and vertical and we probably have a customer in it, but we do have a decent cluster in the mortgage space. So I do look at it probably more than I would say that the average person does and and, and definitely more than the average sort of non-mortgage, exclusive mortgage tech vendor does. And I've really come to appreciate how complex the process is from meeting with your realtor to calling the bank to signing the 1500 pages you get on closing to finally getting your keys and moving the boxes in. It's a it's a wildly complicated process. And what's really interesting to me is how much really important human interaction still happens in that process. Like you look at the rocket or um, better or any of these houses that are purporting to want to do as much of it, you know, touchless loan officer lists as possible or whatever. And that's obviously like difficult to do because a home shopping journey is one of the more emotional purchases that people are going to do. So there's a huge, huge need and space for just really good human, human interaction. And part of our thesis with support automation and specifically support automation to help close more loans more quickly overlaps a lot with what you're talking about. And that is just sort of making this as easy as possible for the loan officers and servicers and whoever else it is that has to deal with the, with the, with the, the homeowner throughout the life cycle of this. So my, my question to you is basically how should lenders think about equipping their loan officers, whether it's through tech training or whatever, I can't give you a, a blank prompt on this, but how should we look to equip lenders with what they need to be at their absolute best, especially going into a time like we are now where 
rates and inventory and home prices and inflation and everything that's going into this basket of issues that we're dealing with, the big buying spree of the last couple of years is undoubtedly over. And we're heading into a different sort of period in the industry. What's your advice on setting up everyone for the best possible success? Yeah, you know, I think it, it means we have to define what success means. You hit it right on the nose, and I promise to the audience, this no, this has been pre-recorded or planned, but you asked an amazing question, is what does automation really do at the end of the day, right? For the loan officer, and you hit it again in the beginning, because when you said it's a relationship business. It really right? is. No matter how much automation you have, it's still a relationship with the biggest transaction for most people that you'll ever go through. Most emotional transaction. You're going to live this home for many years and have great memories there, right? And that's what success is to, in my eyes. As the market shifts up, down, good, bad, whatever, the market will shift all the time. And loan officers are the professionals there that guide people through this. They provide the expertise to get through all these things and make the right decision. So our aim is very simple with automation. Success is by eliminating, automating the redundant, mundane, tedious stuff that a computer can do so that you as a loan officer can focus on the relationship and ultimately be a trusted advisor to that relationship. All right? I don't need you to sit there and collect 100 points of data. I don't need you to go calculate a bunch of stuff and grab things from different websites. I need you to walk me through what loan I should get myself into. I need you to talk to the realtor and explain why the mortgage is going to be delayed three days and why the buyer or the seller should give me that extra time, right? That's where the value comes into play. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting period to live through here. Obviously, in down markets, we kind of maybe shift from... Every, you know, we shift from a origination and refinancing to loss mitigation, you know, default dealing with, with, with the sort of ugly side, if you will, of, of the life cycle here. And I think the businesses, lenders that are going, banks that are going to be in the best position are the ones that maintain those relationships and are able to be in as much as the mortgage company that you deal your, with your on your mortgage every month can be a source of stability and clear communication and easy to manage, you know, log in and check the status or whatever it is, right? Like it's a, we're going to get through this by making this easier on each other is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's got to be transparent. Yes, 100%. I'm sorry, just, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be transparent. I mean, easy is great. Automation is great. But we got to make sure borrowers get the information they need so they can make the right decision for themselves. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to change gears just a little bit here in the 15 or so minutes we have left. Um, and again, thank you for your time and coming on. This has been great. But I'm going to change gears just a bit. And I'm going to change gears from let's talk about mortgage automation and the benefits of having a strong point of sale or TPO like what you guys provide. And I want to talk to you more as a founder and operator of a SaaS company because you have customers. 
you have customer success, customer support, you've got onboarding, you've got all the different things that you do with your business to help keep churn low and expansion revenue high and all the all the stuff that us SaaS companies spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week trying to do. When you look at the role of providing good automation and technology for support inside your own business, are there any lessons you learn from helping mortgage lenders have good automation practices that you can carry into your own business and your own customers? Is there any overlap or learnings there? I'm, I'm interested to ask you this because you're in a very unique position to look at this from sort of both sides of, of the table. Yeah, that's an interesting question and a good one at that. I mean, look, we're in the business of automating the stuff for our clients. And the first observation I made was it forced me to look inside our own company and say, gosh, we help our clients automate a lot, but we're not doing it for ourselves. <laughs> so that was the first, first observation. Um, but yes, I think automation and efficiency, it's a mindset. It's mm-hmm. a philosophy. It's not a, something you put on the wall and you check it off, you check off three boxes, you're done. It's a continuous improvement. It's a continuous mindset, right? Every time you bring on a new task, a new function, a new vendor, you really got to take, take the time to think, okay, is there a better way? Right. There's getting the job done now, then there's like getting the job done right, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, we automate credit. Uh, so as you step through our process, we automate credit. We take the data, we we we, we uh, calculate the data, we move the data where it needs to go, and do all these calculations and move it to downstream system. Blah blah blah. You know, we 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 really save people time, right? From having to do these things manually. So when I look at that, and I looked at my own organization, and I looked at the way we onboard new employees, we actually do run background checks and, and all these things because we're you know, fintech related, right? Where we're in people's most personal information. So yeah, we automated that. Uh, so there's one less thing that HR has to do, one less thing to commiss. It happens to now our people become not doers, but monitors and observers and overseers of the process, right? And that's a different skill set. You remember the Simpsons? Oh, yeah. You know, Homer sitting there in front of his machine. Um it all runs on its own, but someone's got to be able to monitor it, right? And make sure things are going right. Yeah, it's interesting for me in the same regard because as a marketing executive at a SaaS company who has customers, who has different tiers of customers who maybe have larger contracts than others or more features than others or more users than others, and we look at our internal processes for managing those workloads of our CSMs, it's always such a great opportunity to practice what we preach, to use the stories we hear from our customers wanting us to help them solve whatever the problem is, and then taking some of those lessons and looking at it internally and go, actually, you know what? The the such and such account made a really great point about this. And we're looking at our data and kind of have the same issue. This is a great, you know, you start sort of eating your own dog food in, 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 in a case and a little different for you guys because you're not also out there closing loans. But 
your point there is a really good one. And one that I think, regardless of what industry you work in, if you're listening to this, there's a correlation between the problems you're solving for your customers and the problems you would solve for you if you were one of your own customers, right? And it's something that doesn't, I think, get studied enough. And I'm glad you brought it up. To kind of close up here, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everybody at the end of this portion of the talk. And that is, you can go back to the mortgage industry specifically on this one. When you look at the future of support automation or just automation mortgage more generally, what do you think excites you the most about what you see on the horizon? You know, I'll focus on mortgage. That's just kind of what I live and breathe. And hopefully I'll give the audience a different perspective here, right? What excites me the most are the problems still lingering for decades. Specifically, we all know what a nice vision is going to be. You should be able to do a retina scan, your fingerprint, scan your ID, and like it should just give you an approval. And then like the loan should just close and everything should be clear. It should just move in seamlessly, right? And you should never miss your payment because there's a computer reminding you and helping you, you know, organize your expenses so you can pay for the roof in 10 years, right? The vision's out there, but I always tell people, I think it's just, you know, this, this I think came from um, one of our, uh, our facilitators, uh, a mentor, essentially. You know, you, you can't... Vision without execution is hallucination. It's what he basically said, right? Vision is 1%. All right, we all got great vision as CEOs, co-founders, executives, whatever, product people. But executing that, that's the battle, right? So it's very, even more specifically in the mortgage space, it's all that. How do we get a consumer from the fastest you can legally close a loan? Seven days. They should all be closing in seven days or at least be ready to close in seven days. Sometimes you got to wait for the seller to move out of the house. But you shouldn't have to stress out the four days before you move in. I should just be ready, go enjoy a trip, come back, move in, and have a blast. Um, but we want to go end-to-end. Right? So that's the origination and closing process. Then that moves over to the service of the loan. Then after that, you got a lifelong customer, potentially, if you do things right, that trusts you with their data, trusts you with their, most, you know, their largest transaction. We want to build that all and then, you know, I made a comment earlier, right? It's going to take a billion dollar company to do this or a billion dollars to do it. Yeah, we want to be there. We'll, we'll take that and then. We want, you know, buying a ticket on Expedia or whatever website you use. Remember how difficult it used to be talking to an yes. agent, not getting the transparent data? Yes. Now we can do it in 10 minutes. That's how easy to get a mortgage is. But beyond just getting the mortgage, yeah, help the consumer stay in the home, right? Help them be responsible and know what's around that corner and help them get value out of the home. Because ultimately, in the day too, you know, I'll say this, you know, home will end up being, for most people, their largest asset. That'll take care of them for many years until they're gray and old and, you know, they, they leave this earth, right? Let's keep the homes there for people and let's help them be responsible and get them in something, you know, appropriate, I couldn't agree with you more. And it was fun for me listening to your answer because you touched on something that came up in a interview I recorded yesterday, as a matter of fact. And this is something we talk about a lot on this show. The expectation 
for convenience and experience is so high for basically any economic transaction we have that it's incumbent on all parts of the value chain in any type of economic transaction to have the most seamless, easy experience possible. And the amount we've been spoiled by having, you know, world-class UX devices like an iPhone or whatever in our pocket, it sets an expectation that when you go to work and you log into your CRM, you know, not don't want to throw too much shade at Salesforce here, but using that should be as delightful as using Netflix, right? Going and buying a home and getting your keys and moving the boxes should be as delightful as getting a mop on Amazon, right? But <laughs> we have a long way to go to get there in both those instances, but like that should be the goal. And it's good technology. It's smart efficient automation such as that the be smarty and capacity for that matter bring to market is going to help manage that and i couldn't couldn't agree with you more and i'm super excited for the future yeah i couldn't agree with you as well because you know when you look at this right to what end i always ask myself and i think the end is if we're all more effective more efficient allows us to create yes do better yes and move, move things forward and that's what it's all about so to end our conversation, I'm going to go through our quick fire questions that we do at the end of every interview. So first thing that pops to your head. Okay. What's the book that you most often recommend to people? From business sense, good to great. It's a good one. It's a very good one. What's the best productivity tip, tool, hack, practice that you have in your day to day that you think more people should look into adopting? You know, take 10 minutes in the morning, get ready for the day, or take 10, 10 minutes at night before you go to bed, so you know what to walk into. Don't walk into chaos. Plan it out. Yeah, that's great. Who in the world of automation or more broadly business and operating a successful company or driving value for customers? Just if you could sit down over a cocktail or a coffee, depending on the time of day, and just pick their brain who would it be? Frankly, I get to do it all the time. I belong to a CEO network of uh, other peers. Get to sit down and just talk to people, work with people who are about our company size, who've been there, done that. Um, they want to help. We get to challenge each other. Um, you know, these, these normal CEOs, I call them, uh, are more meaningful to me than some guy running a you know, $50 billion company. Yeah, as much fun as it would be to take Tim Cook out for coffee, the scale at which he has to solve problems is kind of alien to a lot of us, right? Yeah, we, we had this one member. He was, at the time he left, he was a billionaire company. And he, all his issues and challenges and opportunities, they're just like, whoa, like, cool, but way above my head. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the uh, coordinating the logistics of getting the G6 on a specific runway at a specific pro time is uh, one of the things you're thinking about. I, <laughs> some of the value falls off the back of the truck for me. Um, this has been a great conversation, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us. If people want to learn about you or Be Smarty, where are the best places to go? Um, BeSmarty.com. Reach out. Um, Tim at BeSmarty.com. Feel free to reach out. And LinkedIn. I do check my messages regularly. 
uh, once every week or so. So if I don't get back to you quickly, I uh, apologize. But I do get back to everyone. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the Support Automation Show and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Justin. Have a good day yourself. The Support Automation Show is brought to you by Capacity. Visit capacity.com to find everything you need for automating support and business processes in one powerful platform. You can find this show by searching for Support Automation in your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Capacity, thanks for listening.